0: all right this is week three of sports sushi 10 guests 10 topics 10 weeks uh, we'll be joined by sterling here shortly as my co-host uh, but tonight our guest is dan gambino longtime friend of gratwick and uh founder of Coat socks and founder of the alley dan thanks for joining the show
1: thanks for having me man my pleasure how you been
0: Good, good. Uh, Why don't you hit us up with what the alley is real quick as as Sterling jumps in here with us.
1: Uh, A little background history. Uh, My son, pretty good basketball player, been playing basketball since he was about four years old. Uh, He was on a team at one point that we ran out of gym time, and they were outside in the scorching heat down here in Tampa, Florida in the middle of May and June, just burning on the surface of the sun playing basketball. And... I had enough of it. So I started looking for gym space, found an old racquetball court, indoor racquetball court that I turned into a training facility um, just to get the kids out of the heat and give them a chance to play, a safe place to play. Uh, We put two hoops up, got a shooting machine, hired a couple trainers, and the alley was born. Now the kids are in there practicing. Uh, We actually just teamed up with the uh, local, the Miracle on the Bay, which is the Special Olympics. Um, the kids are in there training for the Special Olympics now, um, just, you know, trying to do a little uh, little community outreach. Learned a lot from Code Socks and, and what we did there and helped out back in Buffalo that I figured, man, I, I got to bring something closer to home, uh, take nice. the distance out of it, see what I can do here around Tampa.
0: So Sterling, I'll bring you in here in a second, but just to set the stage for tonight and uh, Dan, your background and the reason for starting the alley uh, segues perfectly into our topic for tonight, which is parents in sports. And I feel like I'm a good moderator for this tonight because both of you got young athletes that you're raising in-house. I've got no biases towards my kids, so I can I can judge you guys fairly and <laughs> we, can, we can dive into this topic. Sterling, uh, this is Dan Gambino, longtime friend here. Um, why don't you hit him up with uh, kind of your son's accolades?
2: Yeah, man, my son, uh, he's thirteen now. He plays ball for uh, Billups Elite. That's a uh, Chauncey Billups uh, club team. Yep. Um, he's uh, one of the top players in seventh grade in the state of Colorado. Um, these guys uh, travel nationally and always, always in some kind of showcase or whatever. Uh, when you look at the circuit, there are one uh, class from e, uh, Nike Eybl. Okay. So. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a little baller, man. Um, you know, Is it we,
1: made hoops that he's playing in. What's that? Is it made hoops? What's the what's the circuit that he's in?
2: So they're in the Adidas circuit. Adidas, right okay. Yeah, cool. they they play mostly in the in Adidas circuit. Their main showcase games and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's awesome. So yeah. you're, you're seeing the same side that I run with down here. So we have we ran with the uh, Jordan Legacy tournament last year. Okay. we played against uh, develop. We played against the uh, teams from Texas, team Trez from North Carolina, skill center elites from here. They're a big team out of Tampa. Um, We have a lot. We played against a lot of those national circuit teams last year.
2: Yeah, you guys. So that tournament uh, that you met, the Jordan, when that was that one was in uh, Atlanta, right?
1: No, this one was in Tampa okay it was the cp3 jordan legacy tournament so it was three cp3's brand you know how they have like yeah yeah, middle yeah, yeah. school combines mm-hmm. and all that so we were a local team that got invited to play in that so i've seen i've seen both sides from the grassroots to the mm-hmm. to the local to the the high end of what everybody's doing yeah. we have a lot of those teams trey man elite is from here um, okay so that's they're a big they're a big florida brand
2: yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. So we play against them a lot. We run into those teams and my son actually just got, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. My son actually just got um, selected to a local team called get buckets where they have a combine every year for all the kids in Tampa oh, and yeah. they're a newer organization getting together. So we'll be in Miami for balling on the beach. We'll, and, I, and my son plays for another team that's going to be on balling on the beach. So we have to kind of figure out what we're going to do there. It'll probably yeah. be that team we'll play for because we run with them all spring to summer. Mm-hmm. Um, once the national team starts, we'll be at, they'll be at balling on the beach, and then there's a showcase in Texas that we're going to in San Antonio, and then we'll be in Vegas in July, and we'll be mm-hmm. in California in uh, in July as well. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. God. So you know
1: how it goes. <laughs> yeah. empty, empty your wallet. <laughs> yep.
2: yeah no vacation time that's your vacation
1: that's our vacation 100 yep. we're gonna go see chris when we're out there in uh in la
2: yep as
0: do i i know. told him i told him to <laughs> take his son down to the down to the street courts and we're gonna pimp him out like billy ho and <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a shooter man look out he's a shooter he's in the he's in the alley shooting all the time i mean you put a thousand shots up in an hour you're gonna develop into a shooter right
2: yeah that's awesome what what grade is he in
1: He's in seventh also.
2: Okay, cool. Cool.
1: Yep. yep, he's in seventh. So he's playing. We can bring, school the, we can ball bring right the two now.
0: of them down there and get our own white men can't jump go. That's
1: pretty much <laughs> what we can do. <laughs> Actually, a good friend of mine, um, his son plays for Ohio State right now. So he's kind of showing me like the blueprint. Roddy Gale Jr., I don't know if you yeah, of the name. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a kid that um the guy went to Niagara Falls and we had the uh, privilege of playing against him in AAU and that was fun. Um okay. and his son turned out to be a straight up baller. Wow. So it's it's good watching his journey and he, watching how he went through it all. And he started with a team out of Delaware called We Are One. I'm sure you've heard of them as mm-hmm. well. And then he played for uh, Rens out of New York, um, which is Kyrie's team that they run with. And he signed on with um, Jay-Z's um, label and then their uh, marketing. So okay. he has them okay. as their marketing. And then he signed on with Ohio State and he's killing it.
0: He's yeah yeah i know hopefully he doesn't leave early, early. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so gentlemen uh kind of want to take us through uh we're we're going to start with the with maybe the funny and the drama side and and a little bit of the the dark side then work our way uh through the up to the positive and kind of the lessons you guys have learned as as raising uh athletes and 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 young young kids that are trying to do something in sports now back in my day we call them helicopter parents. I don't know, like, what you guys call them today or whatever it is, but the the parents that take it a little too seriously that they, they, they treat their kid almost like a lottery ticket, or they're starting to live vicariously through the child and, and putting too much pressure and heat on them. Now, with just your own kids and, and raising them up, you've been around you sports for for years now. Both you, Dan, you you coach a lot. One uh, at a time. What's what's some of the craziest stuff you've seen in person? In, in dealing with parents or just parents of of teammates of your your, your kids uh what, what have you seen firsthand out there Dan
1: uh, well I was gonna I was gonna let him go first because he's on a nope. higher level than I am but
0: um no. seen it all so
1: <laughs> so I've um I'm gonna give a little background on this I coached at the Y I coached um, inter like a intro kind of to travel basketball competitive league. And then I tra- yeah. did travel league. And last year we kind of amped it up a little bit, sixth grade time to let them go, cut the wheels off and go. So I've kind of seen a lot of craziness. I've seen parents pull their kids off the court in the middle of a game. Um, Cause they didn't like the playing time that they had, or the way that I talked to their kid. I had one time where the kid, I pulled him off the court after he kept trying to dribble through the press. And what do you do through the press? You pass, right. can't dribble through it. So he's trying to dribble through it. I pull him off. I talk to him XYZ, you cannot dribble through it. We talk about this all the time. You have to pass the ball, advance the right. ball, stop trying to dribble from the three foot line all the way to half court. You can't do that. You're going to lose the ball and turn it over. Immediately put the kid right back in the game. There was no, t- his, his butt didn't touch the seat. Went back in the game, same thing. I call the timeout after they scored, and he comes out. I'm like, Jaden – I just said his name. Excuse me. I apologize. X, Y, Z, what are you doing? We just talked about this. Father comes off from the baseline, grabs him, makes a huge scene, walks over to the other coach who I'm friends with. This isn't a scrimmage, mind you. Um, Walks over to the other coach, and he goes, hey, man, I'll hit you up. And everybody's just like, "What, what are we doing? What's going on here? Grabs kid, walks out of the gym. This is a scrimmage. Oh, yeah. A scrimmage. I've seen parents screaming at refs. Oh, yeah. I've seen parents going after refs. I saw, I broke up a fight last year, a melee, that I probably should have just ran out of the gym because I'm in Florida. Everybody's got a gun except yeah. for me. And <laughs> and I'm pulling kids off each other, just breaking them up. And I told all my team and the wives and the parents to run out. And I'm in there breaking things up. And I see a parent go after a kid. And it's like, what are we doing These kids are in middle
2: school. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I echo the same sentiment um, to where, like, I mean, if you look on uh, YouTube right now and you Google um, referee fight, it was at a gym called Gold Crown and uh, referees, four referees just brawling on the court. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I was there. I was there. (laughs) We need some backstory here. What sparked this, dude? There, so apparently there was some some beefing with. So there's a father son ref combination, right? The oh, the son. So the son, um, was <laughs> on another court. So if you're going to Gold Crown, there's like, you know, nine courts, right? Um, and the son was on a different court. Well, the dad and these uh, this other ref, you know, even though they were calling the same game, they didn't like each other. Apparently there was some some history back in the day, blah blah blah. They get into it. Well, the the son hears about, sees what's going on that his dad's about to square up. Well, he the son comes over and starts swinging. Okay, oh. now you got you got four rests, a couple of them on the ground, and they're just I mean they're just going at it. Boom 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 boom. I mean it it, it turned into this whole thing. Um, so that that was in uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, I've seen uh parents fight just brawl in the um, stands in the stands um and and the crazy thing about this is it's rare for that to happen in a local tournament this stuff happens when you have to travel across state lines and you go to these tournaments and the pressure is just heightened okay and because you know part of it like when you're in the circuit like you, you, you never know who's watching you. And there's opportunity there for the kids and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, like, I mean, if, they, if, they, if they're interested, they're going to come talk to you after the game. Or, it, it is what it is. But parents take this shit way too seriously. And so uh, one guy was uh, dogging his son out, okay, saying, like, you know, you don't put enough practice in. You're playing like shit today. Just calling him out. And uh, another parent was like, "Why are you talking to a kid like that?" And he's like, "Well, you shut you shut the hell up because this is my son, and I do whatever I." And, and he's oh boy, like, You're oh, talking oh, to a kid like that, they're certainly going to talk to you like that. Who who are you talking to? And all of a sudden, they're squaring up and <clears throat> fisticuffs, and here we go, boom, 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 and then now, now everything erupts. The game stops. I mean, it, 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 it's it's just wild, man. It's wild. So, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I've heard um, parents talk to kids about, well, if you score, um, forget what your coach says, but if you score 20 points this game, I'll buy you whatever you want kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, that kind of stuff happens more than you would you think. It's horrible. You know? Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah.
1: It's the parents. Man. Cash like, for buckets. Uh, it, how about take a charge and I'll give you five dollars. Oh, Play yeah. good defense, I'll give you five. We have a parent oh. on my team right now that every time a kid takes a charge, he walks out and hands the kid $5. In hey, the game? good charge. After the game. <laughs> no, not in the middle of the game, but after the game. He, my son takes the most charges. Big kid, he's stocky. He's big. He doesn't care. He's just learned. All right, they're coming. You better Euro, because I'm standing still.
0: Yeah. Wait, does this and guy give take every the kid on the team the charge? The, the five
1: bucks for the he charge? He gave on $5 and then the one game he forgot to give it to him, he calls me and says, says, what's your PayPal? I need to send Aiden $5. I said, buddy, I'm not going to say his name. Buddy, you don't need to do that. Like He's doing that because that's how he's taught. He's Mm -hmm. like, nope. Next time he sees him, he's like, hey, I pay for charges. I don't care. That's good defense because Everybody wants to play offense. Every you've seen that meme. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get offense. it. But
0: like, there's a whole lot, a whole lot worse lessons being taught than play good defense without kind of incentive clause for kids. No, I love it,
1: man. That's tell me I'm wrong, But, I mean, that's I love it. I yeah. love when parents do that because they're they're influencing a good behavior. Yeah, that's a good behavior because kids don't play defense. Yeah, it's so, only
0: good for the bribe. No, no no no, the, no, 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 no. The no. thing so, so, about me, the bribe, let me, that's let me just let me explain that's something icing. to you.
2: So when you're when you're playing at that level, um, and I hate AAU basketball. I hate club basketball. I'm going to be real honest. Um, I do too. It's, it's, number one, it's it's bad for their bodies. It's bad for the sport. They learn terrible habits, and, and teams just like to press all the time. And they don't teach fundamentals anymore. So kids don't know how to take a charge. Kids don't know how to set a screen and roll. Kids don't know how to uh, break a press properly. You know yep. what? It's it's uh, these kids. Um it, Here's what I tell my son: I I'm not gonna pay for you for NBA pro skills trainer until you. I will pay for a high school trainer that's gonna teach you how to break a two three zone, how to score in that, what to do in a three two, what to do in a two one two, what to do in man. I'll teach someone if they want to give you you know a bag to 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 work on your skills that way. I'll pay for that, but I'm not paying for these thousand dollar. Uh, NBA trainers. So you can have an NBA bag, but you're playing that NBA bag in a in a club or high school game like that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work that way. And so what happens is parents and these bad influencers are incentivizing selfish basketball play. Like, for instance, my son, like this is what we talk about. Um, We talk about leadership. I say, son, I don't care how many shots you make or miss. What I care about is if you see a guy on the ground from another team, go help him up. I want to see you when, when the chips are down and you're on the bench and the chips are down, right. Are you picking everybody up? Are you elevating your team? That's the kind of stuff that I want to see because leadership is not being taught. They just want to be James, James Harden's and step back threes and do all this, you know, these, these crazy, you know, getting getting in my bag kind of I'm going to euro step and I'm going to you know tween 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 I mean it's dude the culture is is sickening it's really bad
1: it's because of social media it's the influence mm-hmm. of social media and chris I don't know if this was one of the topics or not but the influence of social media has made it horrible. Every kid has a highlight reel. I'm I'm guilty of it too. When we go to a big a big tournament and I know the guys who are doing all the filming, I'll hit them up afterwards and be like, Hey, can you throw something together for Aiden? Just so he has it. So it's like a more of a memory. Cause I'm coaching. Yeah. I'm not filming. My wife doesn't do filming. She mm-hmm. wasn't she's not from a sports background. So she's not gonna sit there with her camera like this and film everything. It's just it's not gonna happen. So I'll hit them up and say, Hey, can you do this for my son? But The highlight reels, I'm going to start putting out low-light reels. I told Aiden this. You need to put out a low-light reel. This weekend, I learned I need to work on this. Tell me one kid that's ever done that. My son this year, you were talking about leadership. I just want to touch on that real quick. I had him last year. I coached at the middle school where he goes to school. This year, I couldn't do it. Time constraints, everything under the sun. He the the I got a call from the coach in the middle of the day during tryouts from the varsity coach. And I said, Hey Mike, how you doing? He said, Dan, listen, Aiden can play. He's in seventh grade because they have J V and varsity for our middle schools here in Pasco County, which is awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Because then
1: it's not 20 kids on a team and no one's getting playing time. Yeah. They have JV and varsity. He said, Dan, he can hang. He'll get minutes. He won't start, but he'll get minutes. What do you want me to do? And I I said, Well, first of all, I want you to talk to Aiden. This isn't my decision to make. This is Aiden's decision to make. As a coach, I want him to play JV because he'll get more playing time. As a parent, I just want him to have fun playing the game of basketball mm, good because he's at middle school and no one's coming to recruit him at middle school this year. Next year, right, right. they will be because he's in 8th grade
2: and that mm-hmm. Jesuit
1: will come. Jesuits right here in Tampa. You know, IMG comes to all the like a lot of the big games that happen, IMG's here to try and recruit kids from 8th grade.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Sarasota's like a stone throw away. So all of the big schools in this area are here. Slam just opened here. They have one of those in Nevada that's really big. I know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Slam just started here. So they're they're starting to come to games, but they're not coming this year to put a kid on the map. And I don't want him to care about the map. And I said, you need to talk to Aiden. So I come home knowing the story. He comes up to me and says, dad, they asked me to play varsity. I said, well, what'd you do? He said, I'm going to play JV because I want to play with my friends. Mm. And I looked at him. He goes, I make the right decision. I said, come here, buddy. Gave him a big hug. I said, you made the right decision. It's about playing time, not saying time. Yep. People want to say they're on varsity. You want to play. So yeah. now instead of fouling, you get to lead and you get yep. to lead by example. You get to do everything that you've been taught. You get, you has the IQ. He's got to get the athleticism a little more, but he has the IQ. He has the shot. He has a voice. He knows how to run. He knows how to run every drill the coach wants him to. I couldn't be prouder.
2: Yeah. So awesome. my
1: friends that are like, man, why didn't he play varsity? You know, I don't understand why he didn't play varsity. He's good enough to play varsity. I'm like, dude, it's it's middle school basketball.
2: Yeah, Let fun.
0: Let him yeah. be a kid. There's still plenty of years ahead for varsity at that age, too. <laughs> like
2: who cares? Like, man, who cares? You talk to some people and they, they don't understand that at all. I mean, I mean, the fact that your son uh you know decided to do that, that speaks volumes to your parenting because man, there are there are a lot of parents out there who don't prioritize, in my opinion, the, the good values, man. Good values, and that's that stuff is important, dude.
1: Very important. Very important.
2: So how, how would you two
0: look at the change from how you guys were raised as athletes and, and how, like, let's look at both sides of it. You know, some of the, like, I feel like our generation growing up, maybe the the, the parents that were toxic were a little more pushing too hard and, and, and driving too hard versus now where I just feel like it's pressure and, and expectation and criticism and, and, all of the, these demands without actually wanting to be inconvenienced by helping the child like evolve within the sports. But how do you guys see a difference between how you were raised as your friends and your friends were raised and how you guys and, and your peers as fathers are, are, are raising athletes? You can go first. Go ahead, take this. So,
2: off. yeah, no. So, um, I didn't have a lot of the resources and access that the kids do, uh, today. Um, so like where i grew up you play ball out of necessity right um you know and it's something that you know you you and your homies do and stuff like that um you know so like for instance to parallel this like our kids have tournaments every weekend and they have practice you know uh maybe once or twice a week right um but they're in tournaments every single weekend and all they do is play games that's one of the things i hate about the culture like you just play games Um, so I played because, I mean, I played basketball in college, um, and I wanted to, I it was a way for me to get out of my situation. So I played it. So I, I looked at it differently. I looked at it as if, okay, if, I mean, I'm not the best, but if I can get a scholarship to pay my way so that I can get an education. So it meant a lot. It meant it was way different for me. So I took it seriously. You know what I'm saying? There are kids out there who are super, super talented that don't take it seriously because, you know, it's a it's a generation of, you know, I'm in, in entitlement now.
1: Entitlement. Yep. I was just going to say that. Yep. The,
2: the kids are and, and and you 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 might, Dan, you might agree with this. The kids that are coming up now are fucking talented.
1: Oh, my god. They are
2: athletic. They are. I mean, dude, they are. These kids now are freaking amazing.
1: They're thoroughbreds. Dude. All of them. All of them. They they're they're skilled. They're more skilled than I was in high school. And they're in sixth and fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. Oh, just
0: just just listening to the two of you guys talk about how institutionalized seventh and eighth grade basketball has become compared to like our generation. Go lower, but that's what I'm saying. Like our generation, it was just like, like fuck it. We're dropping the kid off the the, the high school basketball. Go fucking play play with your good friends. luck. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Now it now it's like like you you you're creating thoroughbreds. You're putting through training and and, and highly educated plays and and, and instructionals and, tra- and and diets and all of this stuff from an earlier age. Of course, you're creating athletic freaks. Like Enough. that's just
1: and it's and it's funny because I was just going to touch on that. So I grew up playing soccer, basketball, and baseball. Those mm-hmm. were my main sports, and soccer was my ticket. Crystal, Crystal vouch for that. Soccer was my ticket. I play. I'm I was good. Guys. At, I was guys. good at soccer. I was athletic enough to play baseball, mm-hmm. and I was athletic enough to play basketball because I was fit. Yeah, I ran. That's all I did was run. Mm-hmm. So in soccer, especially down here in Florida, I didn't have the exposure like kids have now. We didn't have a trainer that we went to see on Tuesday and Thursday, we had one practice a week. And you know how hard it was to get your neighbors and your friends to play soccer with you in 1990. Impossible. We were
0: playing with you, bro. We Impossible. Football, like Unless it
1: was the world cup. It was the only way people would do it. We would just do shootouts because there were enough kids to do it. Right. Mm. But no one was playing soccer with me. Yeah. I l- became better at soccer from playing roller hockey. And basketball, because hockey and basketball and soccer have all the same basic principles. Mm. It's about spacing. What do you do on offense? You create space. What do you do on defense? You take space away. How do you defend angles? All three of those sports have the same basic principles. So I could survive in any of them. And Chris will tell you, I was good at hockey, too. I held my own at hockey because I knew what I knew in soccer. And growing up in Buffalo, we played indoor soccer where there were boards. So it was very easy for me to step on any one of those courts, you know, ice rinks, whatever fields and be able to survive. But playing outside with my friends and playing different sports throughout the year, playing football, even though I hated getting hit because I was a soccer player, playing basketball, playing hockey, playing everything. Everybody had a different sport. We would make up games, but like that made me tougher. We didn't have. Everything under the sun. Yeah, I played and touched in a little bit of the ODP, the Olympic Development Program for soccer, where it was just Mm -hmm. local and I never went Mm -hmm. higher. I mean, we went to school, Chris, we went to school with a kid that went all the way through the Olympic Development Program. His name was Steve Butcher. Butcher? The kid ran like a deer, scored 120 goals in soccer, could have gone anywhere, but the school screwed him over and they didn't have the right resources for him. And he took two classes so he couldn't go away. He played division one soccer at the university of Buffalo, but he was getting recruited by everybody Wow, everywhere. But the, the technology has helped kids and it's also impeded kids. Yep. So it's helped them to the fact where you have more exposure. You have everything that you can want to have. Now it's also impeded them because you do something stupid, say the wrong thing, the wrong word, we hang out with the wrong crowd. You're in the wrong place at the right time. Ella, alan iverson where you're in the wrong place at the wrong time your whole career's done. yeah look at mikey I'll, williams
0: look I'll, at mikey I'll, williams yeah i'll take that one step further i think you're you're hitting it on with the the technology is there to refine your skill set and 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 be stronger faster and better than you've ever been before the, the generationally before but it's also there to be a complete distraction and avoidance Problem. tool and yeah and and completely derail you from you know for better or worse, the less entertainment, the less options, the less things there is. The more yeah. people played played sports, the more they went outside, the more they they just did it to do it. All oh, the phones,
2: mm-hmm.
1: zombies, man! In the <laughs> middle of the game, um, or a halftime, or not halftime, but in, in between games, yeah. these kids are in their phones, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, yep. go watch a game. You're you're at all of this talent. We're at the, we have a place called the Big House, nine courts under one roof." games going on everywhere these kids are at the snack bar eating like crap these kids are in their phones texting looking at tick tock zombies and i'm yep. like we have one father that walk around and be like give me, phone, give me your phone give me your phone give me your phone give me your phone you get it back when we're done
2: mm. yeah so, man
0: uh where do you guys – how do you guys balance the line between being encouraging fathers and supporting the, their aspirations and trying not to push too far where you actually undermine their love for the game or for their their own you know, aspirations and drive to, to, to be excellent because they want to be excellent?
1: <laughs> uh, I'll that's let you a... go because I coach too, so that's, that's an <clears throat> even bigger line.
2: <laughs> so – it's it's tough. Um, I think when my son was younger, um, I pushed him. You know, like I I pushed him a lot. And I mean, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie. Like he was a machine, dude. He was a freaking machine. But it came at a cost, and it came at, to the cost where I felt like he didn't know how to be a, a, a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like he was he instead of hanging out with you know going over to a friend's house for a sleepover my son is training or, or in a, in a tournament somewhere. And you, you look at him, and you go, uh, uh-uh, uh this ain't it. So I pulled him for, for like two years. I pulled him. He didn't play nothing really. Wow. And then, and then he got, he got injured. And so, um, he had a little ankle injury. So it came to the point where it was like this, I say, son, wh- who and what do you want to be? And this, and we had, we've had this conversation in the last year. He said, I want to play in the NBA. I said, I said, do you understand and realize that, you know, that's very, very rare and hard. I told him, I said, odds are you might not make it to the NBA. Okay. Like I'm a, so I've taken the approach of being extremely honest with them. Okay. And I think parents aren't honest with their kids. Um, So I tell my son, so. He's, you know, and kids, I and mean, you probably experienced this with Aiden, but kids go through these lulls, right? So my son was going through this lazy phase, or that's the phase that we were we're currently in. And I and I, I, I pulled, you know, wait till we get to the car. And I said, dude, you 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 play like shit and your effort's not there. The one rule in our house is that uh, you give 110% effort. I don't care what you do. If you want to be a, mon- a molecular scientist, if you want to be a trash man, you will fucking give it 110%. Because if you don't, I feel like you're disgracing our family's name, because that's all I ask. If I'm going to pay all this money, you're going to give it your all, because I'm trying to build a man. As men, we have consequences, right? So I'm, I'm, I tell them, like, if you don't do this, it's your choice. If you want to, if you want to play basketball and say do what you say you want to do, I'm going to support you, and I'm going to I'm going to help you the best I can. At any point, if you want to pivot and do something else? Okay, great. But we're still going to work hard at it. And I think kids are in this place now where they don't have to work hard. They every, Everything is handed to them. Everything that they see is self-gratification, instant success, instant, 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 right? And so what we're working on right now is just, hey, if you want this lifestyle, if you want to play at this level, there, there is a cost that you have to, and are you willing to pay it? I don't care what, I'm gonna love you regardless. But if this is what you wanna do, I'm gonna help you get there. But at any point, you don't want to do this no more. You ain't hurting my feelings, (laughs) you know? And that's the conversation that I've had with my kid. So
1: you you have to have that conversation because you're one, one thing that I've noticed and I'm going to talk about other people and myself, sometimes parents expectations don't match the ability Mm -hmm. or the child's expectations for what they're doing. And then you'll have some parents who want to tell other parents that the coach isn't representing their child properly and that they should do this or they should. And and there's a lot of that yep. that goes on. And one of the things that I have a problem with, obviously, because I coach and I train and I own a facility and I always want my son in the gym. Cause I want to give him every opportunity to do what he wants. He loves basketball. My son has ADHD. Um, he's socially delayed a little bit and, you know, he's going through that and basketball Mm -hmm. is his vice. He enjoys it. He has fun. He wants to do well. Does he work as hard as he could? No. Did I push him hard? Yeah, I did. I pushed a lot and it kind of ruined a little bit of our relationship because you're pushing so hard constantly to where my wife has told me you're going to lose him. And you need to step back and allow them to be a kid. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? You're right. I do. Because as a dad, you see something that your son or daughter, my daughter plays volleyball. Same thing. You see something they love to do and you want the best for them, but you can't do it yeah. for them. I'm sure you got to that yeah. point. And you you gotta they they mention, want it
2: more than they do. And Exactly. Then you got to exactly. mention the potential. So like when you see when you see Aiden and you see oh you go oh shit like homeboy can play like you see the potential that's the thing that gets right you want it because like dude like you have something that you know is special right like that you could actually cultivate and and here's your ticket because I think at the end of the day as parents we want to provide for our kids or, or or make a way for them to provide for themselves and when you see that potential you're like I'm not gonna let you squander this. But yeah. I mean, so me and my son, we talk about what is your why? And you know what? He told me what his why was this week. This is crazy. I said, what's your why? He goes, well, um, I play basketball because it's my outlet now. I, I just love the game. Um, and I, I love the camaraderie I have with my friends. It's my outlet. <clears throat> I said, great. That's your why? And he goes, and I want to, you know, maybe I, maybe I can uh, play in college someday. You know, maybe division one, division two. Well, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I said, great. I said, okay. So I had this is what I had him do this week, and it's crazy that we're talking about this right now, Dan, uh, because it, it, this this week was so so monumental for me and my son. I said, okay, what you're gonna do? I said, you're gonna create me a, a list that's it's called good habits, and I want you to write. I want you to write good habits that you should be doing as a son, as just a human being. Like, as a seventh grader, like, you should make your bed every day. You should brush your teeth. Like, you got to tell seven, seven, seventh grade boys to brush your teeth, wash your ass, take
1: a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't, I'll go do it tomorrow. Uh, uh Nope. Get up there.
2: (laughs) Yep. And, and and I said, how you, how you wake up matters. I said, as a man, we don't get to choose. I said, when stuff is shit hitting the fan, we don't get to choose. Well, I need a minute to get my mind together. No, you get your ass up and it's go time. So I said, how you wake up matters. So re- create a list of good habits. There's ten. I said, and then I said, when you get to like six, I want you to do some research on some athletes you respect, and, and 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 you know put in like what are some good habits that LeBron James has or Steph Curry has as a kid, and write those down that you like that you want to incorporate in your life. And I said, and then you're gonna put it on the wall, and every day, every night, and every day when you wake up in the morning, you read it, and then you get to ask yourself. Did I do enough? Yep. Because it ain't gonna be from me. My job is stick my foot up your ass, but the self motivation has to come from you. I can't want it more than you, so you get to judge yourself on what you've done, not me.
1: Yes, sir. That's the way to do it. Because if they don't have the goal oriented, you know, membrane up, Mm -hmm. if they're not, they're not goal oriented, and they don't have anything to strive for. They're just going to do it because it's they're doing it, and it's available yeah. for them. And I've had that conversation with my son. I'm like, listen, if you're not going to work, you could be the best kid at the Y, or you could be the best kid at, at the, the rec league, and I'll come and watch your games, and I'll still love you, and I'll cheer you on, mm-hmm. and I'll post that you had 25 points against a bunch of kids who shouldn't be on a basketball court. No offense to anybody. But I'll do it, and we can do that. But if I'm going to spend – Hello. I'll, I got another thousands. Story for you. later, thousands of dollars. Cause I'm not coaching this year. I'm also stepping away from coaching. Like he needs to hear it from somebody else.
2: Yep. yep. He's
1: done hearing it from me. My team is done hearing, not that they're done hearing it. Yeah. They really just need a new voice. Mm-hmm. They need somebody else to come in and reaffirm what I've said. And you know, last year was, How do we space the floor? How do you run the floor? Because you know how it is. These kids want to dribble all the way up the court. Mm -hmm. No, we work on breaking out and we increased our point production by 15 points from the beginning of the year. Well, I shouldn't even say that from the middle of the year to the end of the year, we increased it by 15 points. We went from scoring 38 points a game because we didn't have a big man. We found a big man and now we're up in the fifties. Perfect. You can win games. If you're in the fifties, if you're playing right
2: in the sixties,
1: if you're playing right, depending on the competition, you know, but what didn't we do? We didn't play defense well. So we didn't win games. Mm-hmm. We didn't box out. We didn't help. We didn't have a sense of urgency. We didn't play with aggression. We didn't see how far we could take it. And, you know, it's it's that give and take. So this year was going to be conditioning. A lot of conditioning. From 7th to 8th grade, it has, it has to be there. Conditioning has to be there because that jump's coming, that growth spurt's coming, that change in their bodies and their hormones is coming. So it had to be conditioning and defense. Mm -hmm. And those were the areas we were going to work on because we worked on all offense for a full year. And and we did this by design because Mm -hmm. you want early shots. You want early looks in the progression. Defense isn't set. Everybody should be crashing the boards. We did that well. We did that really well. We just didn't get back in time. We didn't have enough athletes and you have to have the horses. You don't have the horses. You're not going to win the race. That's just how it works. And you know, it's, it's that progression, that mental progression, but I stepped away. So this year we, we actually, Chris, if I can go into this really quick about what happened to me over the past week, um, talk about the organizational institution of the game. Like you were alluding to earlier, Chris, I went through a organizational change, um, where I was the assistant director Uh, of the whole organization and the guy who runs it decided he was going to sell the organization to another outlet Hmm. and he completely cut me out of it. Damn. He was going to take over the team. I was just the guy who got thrown to the side. I ran the middle school. I coached two teams in fall. I brought kids from the alley. I brought kids from my middle school. I brought my team from another organization because we ran out of gym time. They cut their travel program. So, yes, I'm very glad he gave me a home. He helped me out. He made me a better coach. He became a friend. Sleepless nights. Talking on the phone for hours to make sure everybody was where they needed to be. Helping getting hotels. Helping doing everything under the sun. Wow. He's a, he's a high school coach. He's a good coach. He's a good person. The business end of it just got really messed up. It got really ugly. I called him two weeks ago and he said, I'm good. We got everything under control. I'll let you know when I need help. Didn't even tell me it was happening. Message all the teams that I'm on the feeds for and said, exciting news. We're merging. And it wasn't a merger because in a merger, you don't cut people out who are helping you with your organization. Right. So I'm not happy about this. My parents don't know what's going on. And by parents, I mean every team's parents Mm. doesn't know what's going on. So it got sloppy. It got ugly. And I went to the, they did a free skills session on Monday and I went to it. And just what they were saying, I don't know if you've ever heard, and I'm I'm not talking bad about this organization because they are a national organization, Pro Skills Basketball.
2: Oh, yeah. PSB.
1: PSB. Okay. What's the stigma there? I got to ask you just in one word. Good team or people movers?
2: People movers.
1: Thank you. So he gave our organization, he took our, took, merged our organization with them. And again, good guy, was a friend. Whatever happened, happened. He had to do what he had to do for him. And I respect it because he is a high school coach. So he didn't want the bag. He didn't want it over his head. He didn't want to be recruiting. I get all of that. And I respect that. But, yeah. but on the other end, you had somebody you could have leaned on. So after this happened, I reached out to a friend of mine that has another organization. It's called elevate. We went, I went there and I messaged my parents just on my team and said, listen, I'm going to check out elevate. They said that anybody can come who wants to come. I'm not telling anybody what to do. Yeah. All went there and now we're in limbo. Now we're in flux of what's going on. But my son, I left it up to my son. I said, Aiden, you're going to tell me where you want to play. We got out of there. We got in the car and he looks at me. He goes, I want to play here. I don't want to wear those ugly uniforms. I don't want to play there.
2: Yellow and black.
1: Yep. Horrible. And he goes, I don't want to play there. And honestly, Dad, I don't like the way it happened.
2: Good for him. Pro skills. Um, it's it's a national brand, Chris. um, and they'll tell you that they have all these coaches from or all these players that have come through the program and played Division One and all this stuff. And it's just a money grab. is what twenty
1: five thousand twenty five hundred dollars for seven local tournaments one tournament in North Carolina where everybody from PSB goes to yep. play in it. And then you get 10 month commitment and you have to pay for the whole year. If you play football, okay, go play football. You still have to pay us. It's a gym membership. Yeah. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause we were grassroots, man. We took a bunch of kids who'd never had the opportunity. Pasco County's Chris has been to my house. It's a brand new County. Like as far as growth, yeah. Growth in Tampa is exponential. And sure. I live in a really nice neighborhood where we were lucky enough to get in before the boom happened, and
2: uh-huh. there's
1: other neighborhoods sparring up. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, this area, the way it's growing. And th- these kids have never really played travel basketball. So the whole thing was to influx of basketball culture in this area so we can build for the high schools, so we can build for the school where they're going to be going,
2: Sure, which
1: he works at and coaches and they do a great job his team's really good but you took that away you took that away from the parents you took that away from the kids you took that away from the community when you when you left and if he would have just said hey i'm going to be the director over here if anybody wants to come and check it out don't say you're merging and they put out this graphic where they're merging it's not a merger (laughs) a merger includes everybody right like i'm I don't, I didn't make any it official money off when it.
0: they got the graphic designer on it. I
1: didn't, I didn't make any money off of it last year. I ran yeah. the fall. He rented time at the alley to sublet time. It was a give and a take and it was great. It was an opportunity for the kids when we didn't have practice twice a week to get in the gym and train twice a week, mm. work while they're sleeping. Like nobody else has that. And the kids didn't take advantage of it. That's not my fault. Yeah. That's on the parents. That's on the kids. I can't make them go there, but like we played in the hoop culture term. You know what hoop culture is? Yeah. Yeah. Brand. So Mm -hmm. Mike's a good friend of mine. Great. Let me give him a plug hoop culture. It's right here. I'm backwards on there, but he does all my stuff for the alley. He did all of our uniforms. Great guy. They were on swagger. He did the, uh, the jerseys on swagger and stuff like that. And like, We went and played in that tournament and we held our own. We were in the wrong Mm -hmm. bracket. Like, you know how, when you get in that pool where everybody can score and then you look at another pool and teams are scoring 30 points, we were in that pool where everybody was scoring. We lost all three games. Like you just, you can't do anything about it, but what are the parents doing? They're pointing at me, but we did a great job of of influencing basketball in this area. And then it just got cut. And now all the kids are leaving. He lost. And it wasn't because of me. This is on the parents. I just provided the opportunity. I didn't didn't tell them what to do because that's not who I am. I'm not going to take food out of other people's mouths. I'm just going to present them with the opportunity. I didn't lobby for them to go. My whole team's going there. The other seventh grade team, two of them went to another place called Team Coop. Mike Coop played in the league. Great coach. Great coach. Great guy. Got those kids running. Another kid went to a different place. All the eighth graders who were in seventh grade last year, none of them came back. One did. There was one kid at that meeting the other day. Now he went to elevate because I provided his dad, who's a friend of mine, the opportunity to go and check it out to see what it's about. Yeah. So now fifty-two thousand dollars PSB just lost because it was rolled out wrong. And you it's a commitment that people can't make. You can't make a 10 10 month commitment and expect parents to do that. It's too much.
2: Yeah. Like it's if, too if much. there
1: are people who do it, I do it. My son only plays basketball. It's all he wants to play. Bless his heart. I want him to play football because he's a big kid. He doesn't want to. So I am a 10-month parent. I would have had no problem with it, but it just it wasn't there. And I'm not yeah. talking bad about organizations or the people involved. This is more or less for people to see what's out there and what happens. And this happens everywhere. And I'm sure you've seen it tenfold as well out where yeah. you are. And it's just like you have to weigh in. How did I put it to you last night, Chris, When I when I explained this to you? Like when you have people that surround you and you weigh your success on the result and not the people around you who brought the value to that success, you're never going to be successful Yep. because it takes more than one person to do it. And I didn't just do it. He did it. He had the gym time. He had the vision. Our vision is just connected. And it just stinks the way it happened because you know what you lose? You lose a friendship you lose an ally, you lose somebody that can help you along the way. My son's going to end up going to play basketball there at the school where he coaches and he's a good coach. So I hope my son does go play for him because he relates to the kids. Cause he's younger, but it's like, we went through all of this and it just, it like ripped my heart out because I honestly cared for the guy.
2: Right. Like
1: I honestly, I Chris will tell you my biggest problem in life is I have too big of a heart mm. and I trust people. And i want to help everybody as much as i can and it's it's just unfortunate the way that i'm <laughs> down and i'm, I'm done talking I'm sorry I'm taking a lot of time
2: no you're good that's <laughs> good stuff
0: so i i, I want to kind of go back to parent expectations and just tell a, a, a brief anecdote or story from the, the that i recently ran into and then i have one one final wrap-up question for each of you uh on this subject so we were talking a little bit about parent expectations and the kids not wanting it as much as the parents do. And there's this little hole in the wall bar in, in the neighborhood that we live in. And we live in a canyon and like two canyons over is like La Canada, which is like supposedly a real uppity, nice neighborhood. I just call it La Canada because it's spelled the same way. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're, we're hanging out a couple of weeks ago, having drinks and this, uh, this thin, like, you know, runners have that thin, wiry frame. Yeah, this guy in his fifties looks looks like a runner comes in, but he's got he's got the the coach polo from the high school team, and he's got the the slacks on, and he's got the running shoes, and he comes in and, and gets a beer and sits down next to us, and the dude just looks shot, like exa- emotionally exhausted and spent. And so we start talking and shooting the shit with him. He just came from basically a parent mutiny. Because all the parents want these coaches who have been coaches for like 20 years at this at the the track and field team for the, the women's high school team in, in La Canada. And apparently they've won a bunch of like state championships and, and a bunch of them have been highly recruited at division one schools. And this is there's just a huge winning culture and pedigree yeah. at this college, at this high school. And the coaches have been the same the entire our entire, our entire time. And he's like, they want, they want us all fired and, and, and want us all gone because the, the newer generation of kids aren't getting the same success. And it must be the coach's fault that they're not getting the same results that the previous students and everything that came through. And he's like, These kids don't want to practice, they just show up and they're on their phones and gossiping all the time. He's like, These kids don't want to run, they don't give they don't, they don't give a fuck about it anymore. And the parents are looking at us like it's our fault, they're not getting division one scholarships. And he, he's just slamming beers with us the whole night because he, he's like, I'm getting fired. Because it can't be the kids' fault.
2: Yeah, man. People don't want to take responsibility, you
0: no, know, no, it's, and it's parents,
2: parents don't take responsibility. Why are the kids going to do it? You know, it's yeah. always the coach's fault. It's, a, it's the system failed them. And, it's and the it,
1: teacher's fault. It's, it's the, the coach's fault. fault. Yep. yep. It's society's fault. Sorry. So,
0: no, 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 no. So let me transition that sentiment into the the final question of the night and you guys can flip a coin here for who goes first. Now Some of the the college laws and things have changed recently. And you got the NIL deals now. That's just brand new. We're only like a year or two into that. So that hasn't, the impact of all that money there really hasn't trickled down to like parents raising younger kids yet to really understand how much, Mm -hmm. like, used to be, all my kids got to get to the pros to get that money that we want. Now he doesn't even have to get the pros anymore. So that's going to notch the pressure down, I feel, an extra level down on these younger kids because the money's one step closer. How do each of you feel that the NIL deals and, and law changes regarding all of that is going to trickle down as far as parents and, and their
2: relationships
0: with their kids in, in little leagues and younger sports?
2: Um, I feel like it's NIL is nothing new. NIL has been happening for years and years. Um, kids have been being been paid high school scholarships um, like Valor Christian out here, like, IMG IMG uh so this is only only difference now is that it's in the open Out in the open. these were yeah. handshake deals back in the day because you couldn't do anything but it's always been there but I will say this though um NIL is going to is the death of college sports it, it's 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 a wrap you you won't you're not gonna get um kids are already entitled I'm all about paying someone for a specialized skill, like. But you don't have to do that in high school. You shouldn't be getting paid in high school. What um, kids are getting paid in high school now? They are getting um, paid in middle school. They're getting paid in middle school. So you you, you got coaches who fudge uh, birth certificates and kids' age to play in certain tournaments. Oh yeah, I mean, to it, win a trophy it, to win a trophy. So, I think that's why having your kids raised on values outside of the skill of the game or whatever, but values is, is what's going to, your character is what's going to carry you through whether you have ability or or not. Yeah. We played sports for values. and, and, And like, you know, the, I, you know, the camaraderie of like, that's my brother, right? Like not no more. It's me, 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 pay me. What can I get? What have you done for me lately? That's the that's the mindset. So I think NIL at, 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 in some regard is good for some kids who who really like it's good for kids who like getting out of the mud and they actually need an opportunity and they're not with all the BS. But you have people out there who prey on these kids who, uh, you know, promise them the world and don't deliver. And you got kids who don't understand the, the 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 value of hard work. So, yeah, it's going to benefit some. But I think overall it's the end of uh, sports as we know it.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that, and 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 a little uh, little example is this. I watch Pat McAfee all the time, all day while I'm at work, and mm-hmm. you know I listen to them talk about this, and the so a couple of things they say are right. Like they're doing all this, and there's no regulation. Like there's no way to tell who these kids are signing with, and what they're signing, and what's in that clause. These guys are taking advantage of these kids to where they might get 10% of their earnings for life in that contract. The mm. like schools are basically saying, hey, you can come all play over here. Like Michigan's about to get just gutted unless they hire the guy that, I don't know, the assistant coaches. Jerome Moore. Yeah. um, He will be the coach. A lot of them won't leave. But if it's not him and it's from outside of it, it's going to be a Alabama part two. Mm-hmm. These kids are going to go. Now, Alabama's got 500 five star recruits. We all know that. But they're going to all go because these teams are going to go, hey, we got two and a half million for a quarterback. We got two million for a linebacker. We got a million for the safety Ohio State. Ohio State. And there's no way to tell how it's happening, why it's happening. There has to be regulation. The schools need to be able to get involved to make sure that the kids are not being taken advantage of. Because if you're not represented properly, these kids are going to get screwed or they're just going to blow their potential and opportunity for, I call it, I tell my son, you don't want to go D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO. You want to go D-F-R-E-E. You (laughs) want to try and get a free education no matter where it is. 1% 1% of high school athletes play a sport in college. 1%. 1%. I'm going to say that again. 1% play a sport in college. So mm. it doesn't matter if it's Juco or where it is. You're, you're an NCAA athlete. You are a student athlete. And what comes before athlete is student. And everyone is losing vision of free education. Do I think the players should get paid? Yes, they should. A hundred percent get paid. Because the colleges are making how much money? The billions and billions and billions of of money that was made oh, yeah. off of the kids, image, likeness, everything. So yes, they should. I just think there has to be something out there to regulate. What they're getting when they get it. You got kids showing up in a Ferrari to their first practice.
2: Yeah, Lambos and Lambos, all kinds of stuff. Yeah,
1: Rollies and handing them out to their linemen. It's like, why do I need to go to the pros?
2: Do you think? Why do I need to go to the pros?
0: Just kind of the extreme end of the pendulum swinging because for so long the institution was taking taking advantage of the student athlete that this is just now the the extreme counter to that and eventually it'll it'll settle somewhere in the middle or you just think this is a slippery slope no sport? i think it's like
1: it's before the middle personally because it's going to trickle down once it gets to the elementary kids like you see it you know you know the teams that i'm talking about like the celtics out of atlanta and rondo Elite and mm-hmm. all those really good i mean atlanta celtics are good that's yeah. a good organization in the Southeast here. And I don't know how they are on the national level, but they win almost every tournament I've ever been to mm. out here in the South. They're good. What's the one in, uh, there's one in Texas. That's really good. They have a one in their name too, uh, rise up or something like that, but they are,
2: there's everywhere. so many of these damn teams, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's so there's a lot of them. I mean, CP three has a team, yeah. and they all have teams. So these teams are really good. So, you know when it stops, when they're giving NIL deals to these elementary school kids and the parents are taking it. It's no different at that point than Hollywood.
2: Dan, I got a point for you and Chris. Uh, I have a problem with the education system in, in and of itself because they've got people in these loans okay, for school for the rest of their life. How much money? you know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So right. what makes us think that it's not going to trickle down to sports? I mean, it's been it's been that way for years, right? Um, and 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 it's sad that it makes more, me just frustrated how greedy and ugly the world is, man.
0: And the more value they put at a younger age on their athletic talent, the less they're going to care about educating them. Because the more educated they are, the more they're going to know their value. So the education is just going to get weaker and weaker. The more you the more you allow these kids to be monetized at younger yeah. ages. Yep,
1: one hundred and ten percent. Yep, like. Ever ever since probably I coached at middle school, I had to take like positive coaching alliance classes and stuff like that. And they they said uh, they pulled a thousand NCAA athletes and they asked them all, "What was the worst part about playing a high level sport as a youth? What was the worst part about youth sports?" And I'm gonna let you both answer this. Think about it for one second. You're a kid. You played football, Chris. You played basketball, right? So what was the worst part about the sport? What was the practice. thing you liked the least? Go ahead, Chris. Practice. Practice. Go ahead, Charm.
2: Uh Practice.
1: Okay. You know what they all pulled them and you know what the over overwhelming majority of them said the worst thing about the sports were? Parents. The ride home. Oh, wow. The ride home was the worst thing about sports. Because I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure you're guilty of this. And, Chris, I'm sure your parents were guilty of this, too. Yeah. Where was your head at? What were you thinking? Wow. Man, your shot's off. Man, you played like dog he, shit. He, he, Man, he you didn't talk. Good Man, you were on the bench. The you were stands. showing your emotion. Mm. Right? Right. Right? So there is a lot of that. And I thought back to when I was a kid and I played soccer and my dad, bless his heart, drove me to Rochester to playing games drove me to Syracuse to playing games to turn around and drive back and then drive back the next day because my family didn't have money like that so like my why everybody else is staying there we were driving back and forth we weren't or we were staying with family or friends that were an hour away from where the team was but in the stands I'd always look up and he would point at his head just meant think just think just use your head yeah. You know how to do this. You know where you're at. You just literally this. That was it. And it was go. And I would run through a wall. And I'd score. And I'd look up. And he'd be there. And we'd get in the car and he'd be like, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do? Where do you want me to drop you off? What are your friends doing tonight? He never got on me about playing. There wow. were teams that I played on I sat the bench and I'd be in the back crying 13 years old crying my eyes out 12 years old crying my eyes out cuz it was daddy ball right cuz you were a subject of hey we're going to you've seen this take that jersey off put this one on we want you we're going to pay for you to play and then you sit on the bench they just didn't want that jersey on Yeah crying my dad never complained about it well, I never went to the coaches
0: complete opposite uh uh experience with my stepdad uh, like in jv i dominated a game i had the offense defense both sides of the ball dominated it missed one block and i don't know somebody got tackled for a loss never heard a thing about anything good i did the game all i would you pussy would you why'd you quit on the fucking block you, you missed them Freaking damn all i got for it from that from that point on I, anytime my, my, my stepdad was in the stands, I was a fucking joke on the field. I couldn't catch anything. You were afraid
1: to make a mistake.
0: It it, it just freaking in, it just for the longest time, it never clicked with me what the issue was, why, why there was such a difference in in all of that. But when he wasn't there, I was the best player on any field I ever stepped on. And, and, And it was ridiculous. And then I, I didn't find out until after I graduated high school. This fucking man never even played fucking JV sports of any level, of anything, any fucking out there captain fucking criticism with, with everything under the sun, mm. i fucked up.
1: But how many times have, ha, like, I've tried to do that. Like coaching's hard because it's hard to separate from the game. You lose. All you want to do is win for the kids. It was never about me. Yeah. Like, did I want to win? Yeah, I wanted to win. But like, whenever we lost, like you're wearing at home. And I got my son in the back and he's wearing it home. And this past year, there was none of that for either of us. After I heard that, I was like, man, I gotta stop doing it. Like sometimes I'll ask him questions. Yeah. Like, I'll do whatever. And then I'll think back and I'll be like, all right, he's a kid. And we'll get home and I'll say, go, go outside and play. Go yeah. here, here. You want some money to go to the store around the corner? Go. Get yourself something. Go play video games. Go sit down. Go take a shower because we got to make you force you get in the damn sh- shower uh-huh. because they're lazy. But I'm never gonna forget that. And it's if, if there's one thing I had to take out of that positive coaching alliance, it was that man. And wow, I'll tell you, like I kudos to my dad because he he never laid into me. He, I'm like, Thinking back, he never laid into me. I'm guilty. <laughs> oh, we're both guilty. I'm guilty too. I'm telling you, I'm guilty.
0: Man, I always, I always like if, if I had a son, instead of beating him and, and smacking his ass, I always told myself I was going to make him run sprints. Like, for instead of every ass whooping you were going to get, you just freaking do that instead. I figured you know, get a little discipline, but at the same time, a little conditioning. It's, it's fair, tough love. Hey, so I want I want to thank both you guys for, for partaking in the discussion tonight, sharing a lot of experiences, being uh, kind of honest about, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulations of, of finding your way, raising raising children and, and, and kids in sports. Um, Dan, uh, you got anything to, to pimp, to, to talk about the alley, anything like that? Hey, man,
1: you know, check out the alley. It's at the Shooter's Alley on Facebook and Instagram. Follow along. Um, you know, just... Just remember they're kids. That's all I can say to everybody. They're kids. And let them love it. They got enough time to grind. They got enough time to work. And if they want to work, let them work. Drive them there. Take them there. Encourage. Yeah. But also encourage them to do more outside of it. More extracurricular activities. Because they're only kids for a small period of time. And make sure they're having fun doing it. If they're not having fun,
2: move on. It them. ain't worth it
1: change teams yep. do something different make it let them have fun that's all i gotta say
2: thank you guys for having me
0: sterling uh anything you got going on this week you guys still uh doing any autopsies
2: <laughs> oh, man. uh you know my work uh you know i I'm, I'm in draft mode right now so um watching a lot of film <laughs> uh you know with these prospects and stuff so uh, probably some articles coming up here soon for uh, SB Nation, uh, Buffalo Rumblings. But um, I'm trying to work my podcast schedule. I mean, I got I'm on too many shows. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on too much stuff. So try to make things uh, palatable for me and the fam. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, do me a favor and just make sure you find some time to scout the the wide receiver class. Oh, we need oh dude, I, I'm I'm already on that. I just don't, you know, get flashbacks <laughs> from people saying they got too busy to scout the most important position of the offseason. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, next week trade, we're gonna... trade it all for Marvin Harrison Jr. That's all I
1: gotta say. Bean, 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 if you're watching,
0: you know, you're gonna want to tune in next week. Uh, Joe Tadaro is gonna be here, and we're and the topic is gonna be the culture of losing. Uh, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna we're gonna be ready for that one. Um then my kids
1: about that. Ask my kids crying the other day about that, Chris.
0: Dude, don't indoctrinate them. That's all I can mm-hmm. say.
1: My daughter, my daughter crying, my son running upstairs, slamming the door. And I grabbed my daughter and said, Listen, they don't care. Tomorrow they're going to Barbados. Like these guys are going to Barbados tomorrow. They're they don't care. They're gonna cash their game check. I said, and here's the other thing that happened to me in the Super Bowl. And she goes, Yeah, that's way worse. And she's indoctrinated
0: and four in a row. We were right. indoctrinated. I'll never music never convince me different. Yeah. It's horrible. All right, gentlemen. Thank All you. All right, man. Later. Have a good night.